Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. And we welcome you on into episode 147 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. You're going to hear shortly from Mike Niemer and today's guest on the podcast, Mr. Ron Farmer, who is the CEO of USLED. So he's going to dive a little deeper into what they're doing over there. And Mike will have the full interview for you in just a few minutes. But before we get to Ron and Mike, let's check in with eRenewable COO Ann Niemer. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. We know today whether you're a public company, private equity, or privately held company, ESG and sustainability are important to your company. At eRenewable, we can help you achieve some of those goals. If you have any questions or need any assistance with regards to reaching your sustainability goals, please visit us at eRenewable.com to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. We have Ron Farmer, CEO of the USLED, on with us uh, on The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Ron, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us about yourself. You've been at uh, the US LED for 20 years, 20 plus years. How'd that come to be? What would, what's your story behind that? So, Mike, thank you for inviting me on the program. Uh, the way it started out really was I owned a sign company here, uh, and I started here in Houston, and it was a national company. We did business with uh, major national accounts all over the US. So, we were shipping signs. Uh, and the neon, which is what we use to, to light some of the signs and the, and the fluorescent tubes that light others, uh, would break in transit. And we kept working on uh, packaging. And eventually I thought, well, there's really no way to get this so that, uh, that it won't break at least some of the time. And so I was looking for an alternate. And in 2009, I was at a sign show and I got introduced to LED lighting. Now, back in those days, LED lighting wasn't white. It was only red. And there's no white, no blue, no green, no, no yellow. It was only red. But a lot of our signs uh, were, were red, so we could light those signs with red LEDs. So humble though it may be, that's the way it got started. And uh, we had a, uh, a proposal out. Uh, well, first of all, we, we found a company that made an acceptable red LED at a price that we could, uh, uh, could manage. And we proposed it to you know, a lot of our customers. AMC Theaters was one that started using it. And also Michael's Arts and Crafts back in those days had red signs. And so we proposed it to them. And when they bought it, uh, you know, bought the, the uh, module, we started putting it in and began to realize that, uh, that the company I was buying from really didn't know what they were doing. And so I, I had this big proposal out. I was afraid of they were going to say yes. If they said yes, I didn't have a product. So I called a friend of mine and uh, asked him if he could help me out. And I was up in Dallas at the home office of uh, Michael's Arts and Crafts. And, and uh, so anyways, a company called Paragon Innovations. And they helped me develop my first product. And then we developed a company around that product. And so since I owned the sign company, you know, I had a, a ready-made customer. And so we did uh, like 135 signs that year uh, with AMC Theaters alone and a bunch of uh, Michael's Arts and Crafts. And then we did Hilton and a whole bunch of others. And so um, anyway, that's the way it got started, just red LEDs. And then as different colors came out, you know, the oranges came out, then the yellows came out, and then the greens and then the blues. From the blue, uh, white LEDs were developed. And the first white LED that was of any brightness level that could be utilized in signage 
uh, was about 2005. And so uh, we, we started using that uh, white LED, again, a uh, very humble beginning because uh, it was a very, very expensive little module and didn't put out a whole lot of light either. But people had uh, places where it was very difficult to access and like in uh, parking garages and such where cars would be driving. So they were willing to pay the price for that early uh, model. Then, then white light got a little bit brighter uh, each year. And by 2008, 2009, we could see that general lighting, meaning refrigeration lighting, parking lot lighting, overhead lighting, and so on, was going to be viable here pretty soon. So uh, we started uh, looking into uh, developing products in what we call general lighting market. And so that's that's the way it got started. And that was the progress. And uh, so we did nothing but signs. Uh, uh, well, um, excuse me. Yeah, I'd say nothing but signs until probably about 2009. And if you so, want, I can go on, I can go on and tell you what the next progress was after that with the product line and, and so on. Well, we'll grow into that question. So okay. when, when you started, I remember when the LED light bulb for your house came out and it was so expensive to buy uh, back in that 2005 to 2009 range. So uh, when you were talking about you developed your own red LED lighting because you didn't like what they were who your supplier was, so you guys started manufacturing your own. Did I understand that correctly? Yes, that's correct. And I started a separate company. My my sign company was U.S. Signs, and I started U.S. LED as a separate company. And then I, in 2011, I sold that company and continued with this company. And so for 10 years, from 2001 to 2011, I had both those companies at the same time. Our engineered, what we call engineered fixtures, have a light engine that is a uh, it will be a, a PC board of some kind on a heat sink, and, and it, it lowers the temperature of the LED so they last longer. And where a common uh, fixture that you would buy from, you know, a normal company other than other than us will get you 50 to 100,000 hours. Ours is 100,000 to over 200,000, where most of them are, you know, 166,000, 200,000, 250,000 hours. So they last for 45 years instead of eight or 10 years. Okay. That's our, that's our differentiator. Our differentiator is our ex extraordinarily long life. Hey, Ron, at that time, what was the ROI on LED lighting back in those days? Okay. So um, th there, were, there were a couple of things that had to be resolved. One was heat sinking. Uh, and, and so what we did was we developed a product and well, heat sinking and cost. So cost could be overcome if the number of hours per day that the light was lit uh, was long. And so what we went after in the beginning was refrigeration lighting for convenience stores. They're on 24 hours a day. The refrigeration's on 24 hours a day, and it's cold in there. And so, therefore, the heat sinking wasn't as important. We did still make the heat sinking such that if the, the, uh, the refrigeration unit went off and was no longer cool, ours wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't uh, self-implode. So I'll give you a specific example. Our very first large sale, uh, and before that were there were very few other sales actually, uh, was to 7-Eleven. And, and what it was, was that uh, one of the large billion dollar lighting companies had, had gotten beaten by one of the other big tier one companies in a deal because their, their product wasn't good enough. So they called me and asked me if they could represent my product. So we were talking about a billion dollar company. This is 2009. And, and so, uh, 7-Eleven's up in Dallas. So I went to 7-Eleven with this company and we beat the other company out. I would use names. They're all very recognizable. These are companies that have been around for a hundred years. 
And uh, anyway, so we got that deal. That was 800,000 feet of that product, $13 million deal. The largest LED lighting deal in 2010 was one that used our product. So we did such a good job on delivering that lighting for the refrigeration. When I, when I say refrigeration, I mean where you go buy a Coke in a C store, in a convenience store, you know, right. Coke or water or beer or whatever. Those, those are the refrigeration I'm talking about. And so then the next year, well, 2010, while we were delivering, I got a call from them, uh, the end user, uh, 7-Eleven, and they, and they said that they wanted me to, uh, to uh, well, you see right up here above my head, there's a, there's a light. That's one of the. I see that. That's the original light uh, that we sold to 7-Eleven. We sold 126,000 of those in 2011, and that was uh, 5,000 stores. And so uh, that was also that was a 26 million dollar deal. It was the biggest lighting deal in North America at the time, bar none. It might have been the biggest deal in in the whole world at that time because it was really really early for uh, general lighting. Now you ask about the payback. The payback on that. Uh, they they wanted a seven and a half year payback minimum. We gave them a four and a half year payback uh, on on that. And so anything under back in those days, anything under five years was acceptable. And then as time went on, of course, the efficacy, the efficiency of the LED chip became such that by the time you got it into our fixture, it would give you a payback of you know three three and a half years, and that became the standard. And then of course the price of the product went down as the volume went up, and so on. And I can tell you more stories if you want them. <laughs> well, let's just uh, keep that timeline going. So as the price of the product got lower, got cheaper, mm-hmm. the efficiency got higher. Right. So now, as the prices came down into today's market, what's the estimated ROI on most of your products now? We now have uh, an LED tube, a four-foot fluorescent tube replacement. That's 8.9 watts for 1,725 lumens. To our knowledge, there is no no other tube in the world that is that efficient other than ours. Uh, And it has a 10-year warranty on it, 200,000-hour L70 on it, and it has 194 lumens per watt. 194 lumens per watt is is really, really, really efficient. I mean, that's that's extraordinarily so. And by the way, that's at full heat. You know, it's not a – some of the ways that people would do this is that they will – do their testing in very short time before the board has a chance to heat up. The, the actual proper standard would have it uh, come up to full heat. And usually you run it for a couple of hours in order to make sure that that is up to full heat. So uh, these are uh, are for real. And the way we do that is really pretty straightforward. I mean, we we just put more LEDs in that LED tube and we run them at lower, uh, lower current. And that lower current, of course, uh, creates less heat. And so our Inside of our LED tube, it's much uh, it's much cooler than what it is in a standard LED tube, and that's how come ours lasts so much longer. Gotcha. For our listeners out there, let's try to put some of this in a context they can understand simply. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say their school district wanted to convert everything over into LED lighting. Mm-hmm. They're they're still in their old traditional lighting. Mm-hmm. When that type of school converts over in today's market, typically what kind of return on investment, say here in Texas, would you expect that school to have in, mm-hmm. in a full changeover? Okay. The, the full payback, again, is, you know, if let's just say we're talking about Texas. I mean, three years would be a very common payback period. It, it depends a lot, again, 
on how many hours a day, what kind of uh, fixture we're talking about. If you're talking about a school, a school doesn't keep their lights on as long as a, a business does, you know, because right. the school day isn't that long and they turn their lights off, you know, or they have them on a control system and it turns their lights off. So a school, uh, you know, it, it might be a little bit longer, but it's very common to, to get a, a three year plus or minus three year uh, payback. But if you go into, you know, we do a lot of self storage. Uh, we have three of the top 10 self storage companies as, as customers and, uh, and they don't run their their lights, but you know, three to five hours a day, and, and then and you know, so you know, the payback the big period, difference, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's different for them than it was for somebody else. But if you look at somebody like a, you know, a um, a food store, you know, any kind of uh, small box retail store that uh, that sells, you know, like a Dollar General is one of our customers. You know, those those lights are on eighteen hours a day, and so the payback and and it's seven days a week. You know, where a school is not seven days a week, and so. Uh, using that example, another let's just take a an example of uh, you know a 400 watt uh, metal halide uh, which would light a parking lot. Uh, that's 450 watts, including the the ballast load on that thing. And and we can do that for well, I don't even actually know probably 100 100 watts something like that. So we can save you know 75 percent of the uh, of the electricity. So then you just multiply that times the uh, the number of hours per day and the cost per kilowatt hour and and you know you get your payback that way, so it's very straightforward. But it, it's hard to imagine any commercial or industrial application where the, there's not a payback that's you know under five years, which used to be the uh, the uh, normal standard. And and that's not for every building everywhere, but you know overall, it's just a rule of thumb. I get it because no. you know in today's uh, sustainability world, ESG is kind of the uh, the the word everybody's talking about for environmental, yeah. social, and governance, right? Right. And so uh, it is commonly known out there to most in this space that changing lights from what they had in the past to LED lighting is a, what they call the low-hanging fruit. The easiest way to achieve and reduce their carbon footprint mm-hmm. is by switching to LED lighting. Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of people contacting you that are that are just now putting in LED lighting to say, I need this to meet my ESG goals or for my sustainability plan. You hear a lot of that from your customers? Yeah, especially the, the larger the customer, the more likely that's part of it. As a matter of fact, I can't even imagine it's not part of it, even if they don't say anything to us, if it's a, if it's a publicly traded company. Because all publicly traded companies right now are graded on their ESG score. And sometimes it's formal and sometimes it's not, but it's going to be formal, I suspect, for almost everybody. And and they're even they're even considering uh, that the ESG score will will include the ESG score of the suppliers that supply the publicly traded company, even if they're privately uh, held. The reason is, is because, uh, I mean, kind of straightforward, actually. If 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 you have a a publicly traded company and they don't meet the score. What they could do is they could take off anything that that does that that pulls their score down and and then just subcontract that work. And of course, they didn't change the environment by doing that. They just got a better score. And so uh, they're talking about you know uh, pushing it down to probably help companies that do business with the with the large guys. If you think about ESG, I had a uh, you know when COVID first started, uh, you know I needed to be in contact with all my people. So. Uh, we developed a uh, a Teams meeting that we did with you know all of our employees 
And back in those days, it was once a week, and then it was every other week, and now it's once a month. Uh, but the last one that I had a couple of Fridays ago, <clears throat> we were talking about ESG and making the comment. Uh, I was making the comment and making the point with my people that, you know, our score, our ESG score, I don't know what it would be, but it had to be really, really good because what are we in the business of doing? We're in the business of, of closing down, you know, inefficient uh, power plants. That's what we do. I mean, we sell LED lighting, which makes the, the draw on the, uh, the power plants less. And therefore, you know, they can get rid of the ones that, that aren't as efficient. If you look at the number of, of, uh, you know, they, they always talk about the trees and the number of, uh, you know, the amount of carbon and so on and so forth. Uh, I, we didn't keep, you know, full track, but we've done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of business. And when you start to equate that to how many power plants that we've helped close down, that's, it's a lot. That is a lot. And, uh, that said, uh, Hats off to you for growing in the space and uh, not keeping a narrow focus, but keeping your mind broad and and letting your company grow with how society was taking you. You fit right in. Your customers followed you. They grew and they continued to grow. And you're helping everybody reduce that carbon footprint. So thank you for that. Uh, that's why people join us on this show is to hear about what other people are doing. So I appreciate your time today, Ron. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners that you think might be informative to them that will help them with their own carbon footprint from time to time? Well, uh, I don't know who all listens to your program, but, uh, you know, everybody can do that with their home. And I think most people are. I mean, I don't have I don't have any uh, incumbent types of lighting in my home anymore. And I don't I don't you know when I talk to people, most of them don't. So I think everybody's doing their part. You know, some people just have an opportunity to do more because, you know, I have a business that does it. Uh, but uh, I think most people are doing a pretty good job of of uh, pitching in. We still find, you know, some companies who haven't gotten around to doing it, and there's all kinds of reasons for it where they don't own the building, they lease the building, and so there's some uh, there's some structures built in where it's not uh, uh, to their benefit uh, of the, the the lessee to do it, and you know it encumbers the benefit to the to the building owner. But we started working with some REITs now that are uh, pretty forward looking. And, uh, really enjoying the, that because we're, we're able to flesh out some, uh, buildings that are still left behind after, you know, 10 years later that are still left behind have never been retrofitted. And we're doing a lot of work too. I mean, we do, like I told you before the show started, we'll do about 5,000 locations this year. And we, in 17, 18, 19, we did the same thing. We were doing, you know, 5,000 or so locations a year. And that's in, you know, retrofitting providing the labor and everything. And of course, we also sell to construction companies who, you know, put them in new construction where we don't do the, the labor and I'm not counting those. Uh, but uh, I think that, I think that the, you know, people in the United States are pretty aware. Uh, they're pretty involved. And uh, I, I, you know, give them, I give them credit. Uh, they, they're, you know, we as a, as a nation, I think we've done a really pretty good job. And, and if you, you, I don't know, I don't have the statistic on how many, uh, coal-fired plants have uh, been closed down in the last 10 years, but it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It is a lot. And in the queue uh, in all the different uh, areas across the United States, there's a lot of wind and solar projects in the queue to be built. And there's a, a backlog for everybody to get their inter interconnection noted permit to get started. But once all those start coming on, you'll see, you'll see our country continue to head in the right direction and a, at a quicker pace 
than the last five years have been. That's my belief. And uh, the growth in your company and what you've seen happen there, you know, it's just going to continue. So thank you for all the Ron, Ron Farmer. You're doing your part. So thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it a lot. That's going to wrap things up for episode 147. Thanks again to Ron Farmer for his time there with Mike Niemer. We want to make sure you listen and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from and leave us a five-star rating because as the saying goes, you learn something new every day and we were responsible for today's lesson. For Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. We're back with another episode on Friday as it'll be a follower Friday that comes your way to send you into the weekend. Everyone enjoy the rest of your weeks and we'll talk to you on Friday.